brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, I'm going to try and keep this sermon fairly brief today, but we really have so much to give thanks for, don't we? We really have so much to give thanks for. I started writing a list the other day of things that I was thankful for, and even in broad categories without just uh, simply listing lots and lots of different things, I quickly filled up uh, two pages in my journal. Secular psychologists will tell us that gratitude is good for you. There's research which is emerging that uh, people who practice gratitude are actually healthier and happier than those who don't. You can even get gratitude journals. You can buy them in the shops uh, to help you practice gratitude. And long before psychology got in on the act, God's people were instructed to give thanks, to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. This, of course, has its roots in the amazing truth that God is the provider of all that is good, of every blessing. God is the source of life and hope and forgiveness and freedom and all of the material blessings that we enjoy, but also even the skills and abilities we use to help us uh, to make a living. Now, just for an example, look at Philippians chapter 4 as an act of thanksgiving. Remember that this is written from prison. And Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That promise of peace is deeply linked to the instruction to rejoice and to give thanks. It's not just a blanket promise. It's actually interconnected with God's instruction to his people to rejoice and to give thanks for all that he has done. Today, I want to focus really briefly, hopefully. <laughs> um, there's lots happening in the service, and, and it's good uh, to do those things. But I want to focus briefly on the Old Testament reading that we heard read from Deuteronomy. Now, Deuteronomy is a covenant document. It is a, a record of the promises made between God and his people and the conditions of their entry into the promised land. Well, we haven't been wandering in the desert for 40 years, thank God for that, I want to focus on those acts of thanksgiving that are commanded in this passage and the reasons for, for them from four perspectives. Land, inheritance, deliverance, and material blessings. And I could say a whole lot about each one of them, but I'm going to keep each one of those short. Land is the promised land. It's the land that was promised to Abraham and his descendants by God 400 years before the people came back to the land. 400 years ago. That's a long time to wait for God's promises. In Deuteronomy 26, it says, When you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, Take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land that the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. And then say, 
I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. As someone said, a land flowing with milk and honey sounds sticky. But these people were coming into a land that had not been their own. They were immigrants. And when we think about it, Australia too is a nation of immigrants, almost exclusively apart from our indigenous peoples. All of us have come here, or our ancestors have come here, from somewhere else. Now, our indigenous people know deeply about the sacredness of place, about land and identity actually being woven together. And I've seen the power of that. And those of us who grew up near Horsham on a farm know that you have a deep connection to the place that God has put you. We are embodied people and we belong in a place. There's much too for us as immigrants or as our ancestors have come here as immigrants to give thanks for in terms of living in this land, Australia. We have democracy, we have peace, mostly. We have good health care, fertile soil, a good climate. God has brought us here, yes, even to Pakenham, even here out to the edges of Melbourne, and God has placed us in a spacious place. Let us not forget to give thanks to God for land and for place and even for this space in which we are able to worship so freely. Secondly, inheritance. Deuteronomy says, When you have entered the land, the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Inheritance and identity are deeply tied together. This promised land was an inheritance of the people from God's promise to their forefather, Abraham. The Bible says that our inheritance is in heaven, that we are heirs of the Father and co-heirs with Christ. We inherit all of the good things that belong to Jesus because of his identity, because we get to share his identity. And we do that purely by God's grace and goodness, by his mercy and forgiveness. We are part of God's family. And so we are sharers together of the great inheritance that God has promised. So let's not forget to give thanks for divine inheritance, for divine identity, for being part of the family of God. Thirdly, deliverance. The exodus from Egypt and the arrival in the promised land is the example, the most important example, the example that they always go back to of God's deliverance for the people of Israel. It's the thing which sets the scene for everything else which comes afterwards, including the ministry of Jesus. It's the event which is always remembered and always looked back to. It's the event that gives shape and meaning to everything else. Let me read some verses from Deuteronomy 26 again. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, my father was a wandering Aramean and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great and powerful nation. 
But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. God delivered the people from slavery in Egypt. And God has delivered us through the death of Jesus, the true Passover lamb. God has delivered us from slavery to sin and death. We are no longer slaves. We have been set free just as the Israelites were set free, we have been set free by the death and resurrection of Jesus. God has heard our cries for mercy and forgiveness, for life and deliverance. This is something that we should always remember and give thanks for. Jesus says, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. But if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. We have been delivered from guilt and fear, from sin and shame, from death and destruction. And this is a primary reason for giving thanks. Thanks for God's deliverance. And finally, material blessings. Deuteronomy 26 verse 9 onwards says, God brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord has given to you and to your household. This is an intentional act of practiced thanksgiving embodied through action. It helps the people of Israel remember that everything they have has its source in God, the giver of every good gift. And today we too take the time to remember, to give thanks and to celebrate that everything we have comes from God. That every blessing is not only the result of our own hard work, but actually also God's gracious gift to us. He not only provides us with the fruits of the earth, but also with the intelligence, skill, and ability for each of us to survive and thrive. As Martin Luther points out in his small catechism, God has given me and still preserves my body and soul with all their powers. He provides me with food and clothing, home and family, work and income, and all I need from day to day. We have some gifts here next to the altar, some things that we give thanks for. As I look at them all, I don't entirely know the meaning of all of them, but the people who place them here do. Representations of God's blessings to us. Today we take time to stop, to remember and recognize and give thanks that God is the ultimate giver of all good things, every blessing. One of the ways we do that is through our response of giving as an act of worship, a deliberate act of practiced thanksgiving. Just I'll conclude with those words from uh, Deuteronomy that the people, as they came with their baskets, said, Now I bring the first fruits of the soil 
that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord God has given you and your household. So give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Hallelujah. For his love endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.